You're listening to a podcast from 702. We're grateful to our healthcare workers for their courage and want to give them and their families the support they need during this pandemic with the Dove Care on call 24 hour helpline navigating COVID 19. Um, and it's brought to you by Dove. Hashtag courage is beautiful here on 702. And so joining us for this conversation is Dr. Anele Ndanjana. She is a medical medicine, uh, an emergency rather, emergency uh, medicine doctor at Charlotte Makeke Hospital in Johannesburg. And she joins us to share her experience about being at the front line. So for the past couple of weeks, we have profiled and um, put at the forefront the experiences of our healthcare workers. We've spoken to different health practitioners that have shared just how challenging doing their work during COVID-19 conditions has been. This is part of a 702 partnership with Dove under the title Hashtag Courage is Beautiful. So this um, uh, 24-hour uh, care line is also uh, put together with the help of ICAS. So healthcare workers, their families can turn to it to get psychological assistance. Uh, so how have healthcare workers coped during this pandemic how have you found it what's been your experience and how have they braved this new risky era of their career and joining us is dr anelen tanjana good afternoon dr tanjana thank you so much um for joining us agreeing to speak to us what kind of day are you having Tanya, thank you for having me um well i, I actually can't really say at this point as yet i'm still going to head in Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, <laughs> it's been a decent uh, morning. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, and it's been six months or so since the start of the lockdown um, and the pandemic taking hold in South Africa. Mm-hmm. How would you characterize this part of your medical career? Whew, I, I don't even know how I would really describe it. I, I think it's fairly unparalleled. Mm. Um, it's it's been a very different time. It's been a different way of not just life, um, but of practicing medicine. Um, I think we were fairly aware of certain dangers before, um, but uh, this this has been a little more um, sort of made a bit more aware of sort of our own lives and um, and how we've put ourselves at risk mm-hmm. um, daily. Um, yeah, I, th- I think this one, this this has just been a, a little more of a sort of awakening to sort of protect ourselves um, more um, mm. with all the patients that we're seeing, with all the different types of diseases that we're exposed to. Yes. Um, and, th- and things that we could take home, uh, which I think, uh, yeah, that has also been a little more apparent for us now during mm. this time, yeah. And as far, how would you describe the change in, say, nervousness over time? Uh, you and the team a little bit more uh, relaxed, say, compared to earlier on at the start of the pandemic and being able to handle this? So I think it's a bit of an ebb and flow, you know. Um, mm. In the very beginning, um, when the numbers were fairly small, um, things things weren't as you know hectic. It obviously then built up with time, um, and at that point we were very heavy on the PPE and and being very careful in that. Um, with the sort of decline now, um, obviously there there is still that awareness that you know COVID is still a thing and it is still exists and we do still see patients, albeit being you know less patients now. 
Um, so we are still taking exactly the same amount of precautions as before because at the end of the day, irrespective of how many numbers um, of possible COVID patients we could be seeing, you know, you could still be exposed and it literally takes one interaction um, without PPE or without protecting yourself properly and, you know, you could then, um, yeah. Contracted from someone else. So, yeah. Yes, I actually watched uh, watched you on TV in a number of reports. You know, showing <laughs> yeah. uh, and when you know reporters were showing the kind of conditions that you work under. I mean, so heavily clad in PPE. Just how many layers yeah. of gear did you did you have on? Ah, jeez. Um, so, <laughs> in general, it depends on which area in the emergency department we work in. I think for safety reasons, we've split the areas up a bit into higher risk and lower risk areas. Mm-hmm. In the lower risk areas, we wear about two layers. In the higher risk area, we wear three. So, yeah, it's, it's quite something and, it, and it's quite hot. and um, uh, you can't you know you you have to sort of plan meals bathroom breaks and things like that because you can't obviously change as frequently and in our country we can't waste resources either Mm -hmm. Um, so you stay in the PPE for quite a while and I think in winter it was a bit easier now that it's summer it's it's getting a bit much Um, but uh, but yeah it is it is a fair amount that we wear yeah and you have you acquired any um, those indentations? It's not necessarily scarring per se, but you know these mm. marks, that marks rather that other medical or healthcare practitioners in other parts of the world have reported acquiring after a while of having masks on for so long, of having PPE yeah. for uh, such extended periods of time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, predominantly on on the face, <laughs> most yes. people, um, yeah, have developed sort of um, different marks and things and, and acne and pimples and whatnot. Um, yeah, you, we've gone through a lot of changes, but I mean, small small um, struggles in comparison to everything else, you know, mm-hmm. that we've been through. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Mm. And give us insights about what you have been through. Um, and I know that an emergency ward can be absolutely relentless. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, uh, emergency medicine in general is a, can be fairly unrelenting. Um, phew, it's a bit difficult to just focus on one thing. Yeah. So I think we've been through things at work. We've been through things personally with all my colleagues and that as well. Mm. Um, So, yeah, during this time, we've obviously um, endured not only colleagues falling ill, we've even had a colleague that went to ICU and um, gratefully at least came back um, thereafter. We've had uh, several of our family members who've contracted COVID, some of which have passed away. Mm. Um, Yeah, and, and I mean, throughout this time, obviously, we've obviously are quite high risk to our families and that because we work in the environment we work in. So um, a lot of us have not seen our extended families in quite a while. It's only, you know, as recently that we've started visiting people again. Mm. Um, Yeah, yeah. Um, So that's just a few of the sort of, um, yeah, a broad sort of thing of, of things that we've gone through um, during the six months, yeah. Yes. If you could allow me to get personal, you also lost your mom during this time. Yeah, yeah, I, I did lose my mom during this time. Mm. Um, so yeah, my mom, my mom herself had a sort of chronic illness from last year, so she was quite ill from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, because of COVID, um, I had not been seeing her for a while. 
uh, just to not expose her because she was quite high risk. And then, unfortunately, I mean, ironically, she ended up contracting COVID anyway. Um, she was admitted to hospital for about two weeks. She was discharged thereafter, but essentially because she had another chronic illness on board, she just wasn't able to bounce back thereafter. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, unfortunately, she did pass away thereafter, yeah. Yes. And has it taken yeah. a toll on your immediate family as they watch you go to work under these conditions daily? Yeah, uh, so I think... For my immediate family that I stay with, um, so me and my husband are both um, medical doctors. Mm-hmm. So I think we, we have a fair understanding of the risk of the things that we have to go through, of the precautions that we have to take daily and even coming back into the house. We have a small child, so we have to make sure that we are completely clean, that we don't expose her to any of the clothes and things that we take to work. Um, so I think for my immediate family, uh, the, the change was somewhat easier because it, it's been for both me and my husband to take those changes and understand, um, you know, the, the lens at which we had to go in order to protect each other and protect our child. Mm. Um, but more so for my closer family that I haven't been able to visit, even when I was visiting um, after my mom passed away, the precautions I had to take even then, um, you know, the awkwardness of walking into a family home and and keeping my mask on and sanitizing all the time where everybody else wasn't. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, and and yeah, I, I think it 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 was just, um, you know, dealing with the mindset yeah. and and everybody just understanding why I have to take those precautions. Um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Hmm. Let's take a break, uh, Dr. Ndanjana, and we'll continue our conversation after this. She is an emergency uh, uh, doctor at Charlotte Maclake in Johannesburg, and that was one of the designated uh, COVID-19 hospitals. And they were at the front line right through this entire uh, six months or so of this pandemic and the lockdown. Um, and it takes a toll. It takes a heavy toll, as we've been outlining over the past couple of weeks, so this is a moment where we get to reflect on the experiences of our healthcare workers and you can also join the conversation. Maybe you have a loved one in your family who is a healthcare worker. Just how concerning has it been? Or maybe you are that doctor, that nurse or that clerk or someone who works in a hospital providing this much needed care and a service and yet putting yourself at the front line at risk constantly. Um, what consequences that had, especially on your mental well-being. We'll explore more of this after the break. 011-883-0702. Azania Mosaka on 702. It's now seven minutes to uh, two o'clock and we're talking about the campaign we've been on, hashtag Courage is Beautiful. Um, and this is a partnership between 702 Dove and ICAS where we've put together a line, um, a 24-hour helpline that healthcare workers as well as their families can utilize in order to get psychological support during this pandemic. And we've been getting real-life stories from different healthcare practitioners about their experiences at the front line. This afternoon's 
speaking to Dr. Anele Ntanjana, an emergency medical doctor at Charlotte Makeke, and she and her team have been at the front line of fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, a lot of reports, in fact, lots of cameras were allowed to go in and see how the public sector is coping under the, the this um, scourge of the pandemic. And uh, Dr. Ntanjana has been generous to share not just hers, but the story of her team. You can imagine how challenging it can be to always um, live under the fear that one of you might contract the virus in spite of your best efforts, that it could still happen. Um, Dr. Ntanjana, guess who we have online? We have Professor Feroza Motara. She's given us a call. No doubt you know her. I definitely know her. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a listen. Um, good afternoon, Professor Motara. Thank you for, t- for calling us. Afternoon, Azar. I couldn't resist the chance to, to use this opportunity to say um, I work with the most amazing group of doctors and nurses in my ED. They have been throughout this uh, pandemic, throughout the crisis, throughout the peaks, they have been unstinting in their support, in their duty. Uh, I haven't had a single episode where a single one of the staff has come to me and said, I can't do this or I'm not doing this. So I, if you allow me, I just want to say thank you to all of them. Yes. That's that's lovely because we couldn't have done it. And I think that's why this conversation uh, was always important for me, that as a country, we couldn't have done it without the very same men and women that you are thanking this afternoon. And what about the toll yeah. that it's taken on them mentally? Because reports around the world suggest that many healthcare workers have felt uh, the strain, um, some experiencing anxiety and depression uh, at this time. Yeah. So generally, even before COVID, Emergency doctors have one of, apart from the anesthetists, emergency doctors have one of the highest rates of depression and suicide anyway. So adding this load, you know, to, to them mentally, physically, emotionally has been huge. And, you know, we've tried, especially now if things are slowing down, to try and get additional. I mean, last week, Wednesday, we had a workshop or with a psychologist and a psychiatrist just to teach some mindfulness and, you know, access to support groups and things like that because I think it's so important. Um, you know, as emergency doctors, we, we almost wired to just carry on and, and do and carry on the next day and the next day and the next mm. day and we don't take care of ourselves. So, you know, now we're making a concerted effort to say, you know, that there must be some additional emotional and mental support for for everyone to you know just debrief and try and get through the process Mm. and what are the lessons that you think we need to take out of this pandemic for our healthcare system so i think one of the things that has definitely been highlighted is the chronic shortages of of staff uh which we've you know were highlighted because of the pandemic um the pressures the safety um, you know, access to proper equipment and PPE, which has been in the media for a while. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and I and I think just generally taking care of ourselves, because as doctors and nurses, particularly, we almost trained, you know, to put the patient first, to put the families first, and we never ever take care of ourselves. And you even feel guilty about taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm sure Anile will tell you, you know, you, you may be tired and exhausted, 
but the patient still comes first. Yes. Oh, thank you so much, Professor. It's okay. lovely that thank you could you. drop and in. Again, thank you to Anele and the rest of the team for the amazing work they've done. Thank you. The Head of Emergency Thanks. Medicine Thanks at so Charlotte Makleke, that is Professor Feroza Mutara. Anele, how does that feel to hear those words? <laughs> she's she's just always been such a, a, a sort of rock um, for all of us. Um, apart from, you know, being the big boss, um, she's she's a very motherly figure. Um, she's, she's steadfast, but she's also very supporting. Mm. She's... Um, such a, an approachable person. Um, yeah, I know, and, and the sentiments are given right back. Um, <laughs> hopefully she's still listening. Yes. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, th- I think she knows that uh, we appreciate her as much as, you know, she's, she's voiced that she appreciates us. Yes. Um, and I think if anything, that's, that's, it's a big thing that's gotten us through this period is that, you know, everybody supports each other. Um, almost to a fault, um, as she mentioned before, because we're so used to taking care of everybody else mm. um, that we sort of need to be reminded to take care of ourselves. Um, but but the idea is a thing that you know we take care of each other as far as we can, mm. um, just to get each other through as well. So Fantastic. yeah, yeah, I just much appreciated from her. Yeah. Much appreciated from us, in fact, that you came on to share with us your experience, but that you do the work that you do, you and your team and other healthcare workers in this country. Thank you so much, Dr. Ntanjan. Thank you, Azar. Thank you so much for having me. And that's um, emergency medical doctor at uh, Charlotte Makleke, Dr. Anelen Ntanjan.